Charity Oxum ran until she lost herself in the relentless splash of one foot in front of the other as the rain and wind worked her over. D.C. weather sucked. It always did, but it sucked more today. She'd given up an entire day to reports and interviews before bussing to the tiny studio she called home. Usually, she could get one of the patrols to give her a lift home, but no one was making eye contact with her after she'd lost Murphy and Carter in a soft entry op gone fatally bad. They sure as hell weren't offering her a ride. The stink of failure was contagious. She collapsed onto her foldout. After tossing and turning the night away, she showered, pulled on her sweats, and hit the street to run it off. There just aren't enough miles. Charity was pushing ten at this point, and she could feel it in her ankles and calves. Still, it was better than what gnawed at the edges of her conscience. She'd lost people under her command before, certainly, and at some level she knew all losses were equal in their senselessness but it felt different in the wilds of Southeast D.C. as opposed to a village in Pakistan or Nigeria. When she and her boys had geared up Tuesday evening, they thought they were picking up a felon, but nothing in the briefing had indicated potential for the level of violent response they'd encountered. And now two men, men with wives and children, were dead. And she was responsible. Charity blinked at the tears and forced her mind back to the thud, splash, thud of one foot ahead of the other. She'd put another mile between her and her guilt when her earbud tickled. She ignored it the first two times, letting it roll over to voicemail. But when it tickled a third time, she tapped her glasses on to see who was hell-bent on finding her. The call was blocked. She slowed, and as she did, she noticed the sedan out of the corner of her eye. The vehicle was out of place here on the edge of Obama Park, larger than the other electric cars and one of the few on the streets of this part of town where bikes and buses were the norm. It moved slower than it needed to, keeping pace with her. When she stopped running, it pulled to the curb and stopped as well. The earbud tickled again, and with one eye on the sedan, she picked up this time. Oxum. It was a man's voice. Sergeant Oxum, my name is John Forrester, Chief of Staff for Senator Rodriguez. Senator Rodriguez. It was strange hearing her former CO referred to as a senator. She'd known about the election, of course, and would have gladly cast her vote for the woman. They'd been out of touch for most of a decade, but Charity couldn't imagine any political landscape that she wouldn't trust Captain Sandra Rodriguez to navigate, with all the savvy and relentless tenacity that she brought to bear as a soldier. Half the citations on the dusty uniform in her closet came from listening to that woman. The senator, Forrester continued, would like to meet with you this morning, if you are available. Charity jogged in place, glancing again to the car before scanning the area quickly. I don't suppose she sent a car to collect me? The caller chuckled in her ear even as the rear passenger window slid down. A young white man, with a round face and eyeglasses, raised a hand and nodded slightly. She has, Sergeant, in case you were amenable. She suggested I mention Tehran if you hesitated, or I can just drive away.